Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 459. Whatever you do in life, just keep at it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Todd Dackerman. Todd, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right. Great to have you here. Todd Dackerman owns LA Dismantler. It's a source for quality late model Porsche parts. He purchased his first Porsche at age 16 and has taken apart more cars than most body shops. As a teen, when Todd needed parts for his Porsches, he'd buy a wrecked car, use what he needed, and sell the rest for a little bit of profit. And later in life, he turned his hobby into a full-time business as Los Angeles Dismantler. Since its conception, Todd has seen upwards of over 5,000 Porsches cycle through his company. Man, you've seen a lot of crash dreams and probably made a lot of dreams. For your customers, that's great. I wish I'd known about you years ago. Todd, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business, your career, and, of course, your passion for automobiles and especially Porsches? Well, I grew up in an automotive family. Uh, we came from Middle East. Uh, we came from Syria. And back in Syria, we did Mercedes-Benz diesel trucks. Mm-hmm. And I came here at the age of 10, so basically, we got, I got into, you know, we came, we were immigrants from uh, Syria, uh-huh. and uh, came here, got into the automotive business as well. We opened up a body shop, my brother and I, and my dad, and uh, we were buying cars, fixing them, selling them, you know, it was a good business. But our most of our our business was basically selling parts. We did the same thing in the Middle East, uh, but you know, over here we started doing it with cars. We opened up Chaos Auto Parts back in the 80s. We specialized in Hondas and Acura. Uh huh. My first Porsche that I got, it was a chocolate brown with brown interior, and I love an SC, 79. And uh, it was a great car. Uh, I got it when I was, I just got my license. I was 16 years old. It was a clean car. I got it uh, from Galpin Ford out of all places. It was a trade-in. Buddy of mine worked there. So I put it around. I got my license suspended. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea when you're 16 years old. Your first your first or second car is a Porsche. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, got in trouble a little bit, but, you know, got my act together, got my license back. 
Then I got an 84 911 Carrera with a 3.2 engine. Mm-hmm. Great car, 915 gearbox, putter around. You know, but I didn't know much about Porsches back then. So basically I got in, I knew more about Hondas and Acuras and uh, Toyotas and stuff like that. So I was learning about Porsches. It's a different animal, air-cooled. Unfortunately, you know, I took it to a local mechanic shop. Every time I went there, I didn't know much about them, so it was 1500 2000 1500 500 Yeah, you know, expensive kind of, cars. Yeah, hefty. It was a hefty bill. And so, but back in the days when I had a Porsche, Porsche was a kind of a very rare car in the streets, not that everybody had. Now, it's, you know, they're more mass-produced, which is good, great for us. But, you know, you drove a Porsche, you were kind of stood out. Sure. So, you know, it was a great car, but at the same time, it was getting very expensive. Unfortunately, I misshifted a blue rod. Ouch. And yeah, exactly. So my engine went kaputs. So I took it to the shop. He's a good mechanic, but he's a bit pricey. He's still around, actually. Uh-huh. He's the one that got me into the business. And um, so basically, you know, it was like $20,000 to rebuild it, and that was a lot of money. So a buddy of mine was like, hey, you know, at this, at this insurance yard, there's a Porsche 87 car, which was, was the first, it was a G50. There's one of their low miles with the hit in the front once you go buy the car. It was $12,800 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I went and bought the car, put the G50 upgrade to my car, put the fresh motor in there, sold my core motor, my 915 gearbox, and I, you know, and just then I realized this is a great business. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you know, bought one, bought two, bought three. Uh, in 1991, I was doing a lot of Porsches, but I got really serious into the, into the business. In 95, 96, 97, the 993 came around. And I, and I, like anything else, I kind of got burned out of it because I was in the automotive industry from 85 to almost 2000, 99, 2000. Mm-hmm. So at that time, my, my girlfriend, you know, we were dating. I just told her, you know, we did pretty well. We owned some real estate ventures, my brother and I. So we were kind of like, you know, get out of the business, try something else. And I had a whole bunch of Porsche parts, you know, doors, fenders, seats, uh, laying around over the yard one of my yards on Sun Valley on Bradley Street. So she's like, what are you going to stuff? I'm like, I don't know. And like, you know, uh, take it swap, me, get rid of it. She's like, oh, eBay, you know, back then the internet was new. Oh, yeah. eBay was new, AOL. She's like, hey, why don't you put them on the internet and blow them, you know, start selling them. Make a website. Back then our website called LA Porsche. Oh, okay. And, and that's what it was called, but due to, uh, issues with Porsche on the, you know, the name, uh, which is, I don't blame them. So we changed it to LA Dismantler. Okay. So we, we had a good website, and then next thing I know, she sucked me back in with 10 employees later, <laughs> you know, whole operation. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good business, you know, like any business got ups and downs. I like to help people out. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's uh, my philosophy on business is not about the money. It's more about the relationship, who you can help, and who can help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. I see. And that's how I look at it, and uh, and I've, I've been very lucky. Ninety nine point nine percent of Porsche owners are great people to deal with. They're yeah. gentlemen, they're ladies and gentlemen to deal with, so they're awesome. Yeah. And you know, and you know, it's just, it's just uh, you know, they're very very easy. I mean, of course, it, like any anything, yeah, got some bad apples to deal with, but we deal with them. We try to make them happy, and sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. So yeah. we do the best we could do, you know, and. Um, We've been around for a long time. We service pretty much everybody in the world. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm the largest Porsche dismantling yard in the United States because there are larger Porsche dismantling yards, but they don't specialize in 911s. They, uh-huh. they specialize more in uh, BMWs 
and Audis and other sorts of vehicles. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we're in LA, so we're very, we're in a you know area that you know real estate is a uh, premium. Say, like, premium, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we're kind of we we basically go up, and uh, a lot of people. I have like three, four car stackers in my yard, and a lot of people come in and say this is the Costco of Porsche parts. So, <laughs> Well, I understand. You know, I'm a Porsche fan myself. I've owned Porsches for years. And yes, parts are very expensive. And we met at Rensport, where I got to learn a little bit more about your business. And for folks that would like to get their hands on parts that are not as expensive as buying replacement parts or directly from Porsche uh, and fix their cars themselves or even take them to people, you're a great source. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show today. As we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your success in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Todd, take the wheel. Well, I'm going to say success code, but some of your listeners might not like it. Okay. <laughs> the, my success code is behind every successful man, there's a powerful woman. <laughs> well, you know, I think they're going to like it. I have had a surprising number of guests here on the show, and I'm one of them. I've been married 31 years, and that have said the same thing about their spouses, that having a very supportive, great woman in their life, if they're a man, or vice versa, uh, yeah. is extremely important. So it sounds like you're one of those lucky guys. I am, and I mean, you know, I, 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 you know in, in my years of experience with you know, being around Porsche owners, I've met a lot of successful people, and I've learned a lot from them. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, I, I, I come from a Middle Eastern culture, and in, unfortunately, where I came from, women were basically belittled. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they did not have the same rights and you know uh, same rights and power as a man. Sure. But you know coming here, you know I I met I met my beautiful wife Sarah, which we've been together for almost over twenty years now. And, awesome. Uh, thank you. And you know it's like you know she basically you know we we she, you know she helped me out. She she we did a lot together. You know I was in a kind of a toxic. Environment with my brother. My brother and I were partners. I love my brother. I love working with him. But at the same time, I've had issues with him working with family. Was getting kind of abrasive. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah, but I, but so it just basically came to a point that you know I own you know, half of Chaos Auto Parts. I gave him the business, and my wife and I went out on our own mm-hmm. and uh, opened up the LA Dismantler, which worked out well for us. Oh, know? absolutely. Well, you know, it's really nice to hear because you're one of those. Um, immigrant success stories that came to the United States, leaving a country that, of course, today is under such duress and, and yeah, such, it is, so, yeah. oh, it's just tragic. Uh, but to come here, and I've had many guests on the show here who have immigrated to the U.S. and created their dreams because of the freedoms that we have here and the things that, that you can do here because of the way the United States is. And that's kind of spirit of entrepreneurship and uh, having a partner, especially a spouse partner that can support that is so, so important. So uh, congratulations to you Thank for that. You. It's a great quote. Would you share yeah. a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? You talk about being a young kid. You came here when you were, what, 10 years old? Is that right? 10 years old, yeah. yeah. I okay. at the age of 10. I went to Madison Junior High, and basically, uh, unfortunately, education wasn't for me. At the age of 16, uh, I basically took my GED exam and got out of school. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? Was that back when you were a little boy in Syria, or yeah. did it happen when you got here? At, at, when I was in Syria, I drove a 1947 Citroen, which my dad owned. and I, It was a three-speed uh, manual gearbox. 
And once I got in that car, I know the car guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, how old uh, were you when you drove? Eight, eight, eight years old. Eight years old. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we, we when in Syria, we wasn't there was not much rules on how old you could be to drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, my dad's like, there was a kid at the age of ten was driving a car, and he goes, "I, he, I was tall. I, you know, I'm, I'm six one now." And he's like. I want you to be the youngest kid in the block that could drive a car. <laughs> and, and he put a newspaper and a gas tank under my butt, and I could reach the pedals, and I got driving. There you go. So, and I knew, and, and what, I got hooked on Porsches uh, because of my brother. He bought a Porsche before me. He had a black SE. Mm-hmm. And I got in that car, man. I was just, I was hooked. Yeah. It, it they'll do that to you. Yeah, they'll do that to you. And, uh, I mean, I've. I give you an idea. I have my own private stash of Porsche parts that I keep, like leather knobs and leather this and leather that. And people think I'm—I mean, to to non-Porsche enthusiasts, they think I'm crazy. But I just enjoy <laughs> that stuff. You yeah, know? I understand. There's a lot of listeners out there that understand you too, so yeah. don't feel bad, Todd. Exactly. Yeah. You're on the right couch here at Cars. Yeah, to uh, spill your guts on your passion for cars. I would love to crawl under the hood and talk a little bit about a big career challenge, or even better, a big failure that you faced along the way. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you? It, the, the big career challenge in my business, I mean, it, it, you know, failure-wise, in a way, I think one of my things I need to work on is we don't have an inventory system. Everything's in my head. Oh, like gosh. Micro, <laughs> yeah, I like to micromanage. Uh-oh. But, yeah, exactly, when it comes to that, and... You know, I'm a bit of a control freak, but at the same time, it's like you know, I have, I'm letting go of that of that micromanagement. Well, good for you. You know, I, I am, and um, basically, it's like you know, like just right now, a guy's honking the horn. I told him don't honk the horn because I'm gonna be in an interview. But again, <laughs> it adds a nice like little ambiance to the show, so don't worry about that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but but at the same time, it's like you have to let go. You have to let. You have to entrust some people with responsibilities. Yes. And. I think one of my downside when it comes to my employees, I get too attached to them and I give them a lot of opportunities and chances to shape up. But I've learned that from other business owners, you give them three chances and they can't fix themselves. You got to let them go no matter how close you are. They can't be close with your employees. And I, I try to work with I try to keep it a family environment much as I can when it comes to my business. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is a business at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know, it's, it's a, a common challenge for entrepreneurs is uh, that control factor, not wanting to let go, feeling like they need to be in charge of everything. But yeah. there really is a great learning curve there as you grow a business. You've got to hire great people and let them do their job and teach them. And I hear that over and over from people. Uh, it's so, so important. So those are really good lessons. I'm happy to hear that you're learning to let some of that go and delegating some of that work because that will free you up to grow and expand your business as you move down the line. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call a career aha moment when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new direction, this new idea that you had in your business. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. The aha moment was basically knowing, knowing, having knowledge about the cars Mm -hmm. more than your competitors, knowing how the car works, what makes it work, what are the flaws. What are the benefits? And if you, once I figured that out, basically I had an edge over my competitors because, you know, like some of my competitors that are in the business, they do sell Porsche parts, but they never actually take one apart, put one together, knowing every detail about the 
mechanical of the car, okay. what works, what doesn't work, what interchanges, what doesn't interchange. What it, so once I figured that out, that was like my okay, great. Now I know where, how everything works. I, there, there's this is this is going to be profitable. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. I would assume you ship parts all over the world. Yes, I do. Okay. So. You know, in the old days, you'd go down the street to your local dismantler and walk through the yard and pick a part off a car and go home. And now with global marketing and the world being somewhat level, uh, I would imagine you've got to have a pretty big shipping department because you're shipping some big parts to people, right? We do have a, actually, for a while, I mean, to, to give you an idea, we had our own um, wood, woodworking shop here. So basically, we made our own pallets, we made our own uh, crates, okay. yeah, okay. stuff like that. Very cool. And, you know, and you have to, com- there's compliance with every country, there's what kind of wood you could, you know, having that heat heat treated. So you have to, like, there's so much compliance that you have to follow. Yep. I mean, just to give you an idea, we're kind of endeavoring moving to a bigger facility because we're running out of space here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 90% of our business is internet-based uh, shipping. Uh, 10% is local walk-in. Okay. And yeah. uh, so we are, you know, we're, we are trying to expand and grow. We, know we have three yards right now, so we're trying to trying to uh, basically get out of three yards and get into one big yard. Very so, cool. Know, everything takes work. Everything. You know, I tell people like, work smart, not hard. Work, <laughs> work, but smart, not hard, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on your growth. That's fantastic. How about Progress Career Moments? Is there one in particular that stands out for you? Progress Career Moments when basically the internet, uh, obviously that's, you know, that, that was a big help for us, uh, getting to a new facility, uh, just you know, organization, you know, cleanliness, that, that's what really helps in our business. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to call a progress career, you know, uh, progress. So. so being able to progress and grow and uh, yeah. to grow with the way the market changes and everything. Exactly. And, 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 you know, with the Internet, with the communication, like global, the world's getting smaller. So, you know, calling, everything's just basically, within, you know, tip of your hands, communica- communication. Yeah. Everything, you know, that's what helps a lot. That's progress. That's what I call progress. Oh, well, it really is amazing. As I sit here, I talk to people from all over the world, and some days I just go, wow, I just got to talk to Todd down in L.A., you know, yeah. about uh, selling parts. And this morning I was talking to another gentleman in England, and uh, it really is wonderful, and uh, it really does bring the world closer and helps a lot of people too. So that's really cool. Let's have a little bit of fun here. You talked about driving that, that car when you were the young lad of eight years old and then getting your first Porsche. But what was your first really special car? That car that you finally got that you went, oh, man, I finally have it. You know, I'm so excited. What car was that for you? And maybe you could share a memory. It was an 88 911 Turbo Cabriolet that Ooh. belonged to Charlie Sheen. No kidding. No, it, was a, <laughs> it got stolen from him. And somebody stole the car and stole the bumpers and uh, wheels and a couple other components. Mm-hmm. And I and I got it was a black black with tennis. It was a gorgeous car. And when I got that car, I just I was just basically you know I still remember that car. <laughs> you know? Wow, Charlie Sheen's car. Well, yeah, oh. I, I, I've also had Mike Tyson's car too. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. <laughs> Celebrity Porsches, very cool. Celebrity Porsches, yeah. Yeah, well, good, good. Sounds like a lot of fun. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? I have quite a few cars in my garage (laughs) right now. Well, I'm talking about that car that got away, the car you sold, and, you know, you wish you had it back. I had a black Turbo S that I sold, uh, one of the the cars that I got. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish, you know, I still had the car. 
Mm-hmm. But you know, I replaced it with another silver one. So you know, <laughs> well, there you go. Worked out okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds like it worked out fine. Yeah. How about current projects? We're into the new year. Is there anything new that you're planning for your business this year that's uh, really got you excited and fired up? Uh, we actually uh, we are working on some projects. Uh, it's kind of a hush hush. We are doing some project with some uh, European allies of ours, but oh, nice. uh, Good. I can't really talk about it. Uh, but but we we're, we're doing some because there's going to be some cool stuff that you're going to be coming out of our like we did this piece the twin turbocharged piece we did uh-huh. one of my personal cars and uh, so you know there's always something on the works and uh, you know we, we we try you know I mean we basically it's going to be a cool project but once it's done we'll definitely get keep you guys in the loop okay we know. we'll keep watching your website yeah. for. Uh... For notifications, and you talked a little bit about perhaps moving into a new larger facility. Yeah, that would yes. be very exciting, of course, and very challenging. But uh, I hope that happens for you as well. Here's a very introspective question for you, Todd. If Todd was a car, what kind of car would he be, and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um... <laughs> and this isn't about what you want to be. This is how you actually perceive yourself uh, manifested uh... into a car. Honestly, I'd probably be suburban. A suburban, okay. <laughs> why is it? Why is suburban? I mean, I, I, people say, but I, I, people want me to say Porsche, but because I just uh, I carry a lot of people on my shoulders. Ah, okay, yeah. Is that a very? Is that a pretty cultural thing with where you came from originally to to help people? Uh, you yeah, know? I mean, it, it is, it is, but it's like you know, I mean. People think, you know, I mean, the, the American dream is alive and thriving, mm-hmm. and but people, you know, it's, it, you have to work at it. You have to get at it. <laughs> Absolutely. You, have to yeah. you know, no, no one's going to give you anything for free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just basically, you know, my family, my mom, my dad, you know, everybody's like, I try to help everybody out. I try to help my employees out. So I just feel sometimes, you know, I carry a lot of people on my shoulders, and mm-hmm. I would probably say, you know, call myself a suburban or something big, you know. <laughs> there you go. Something to pile a lot of people into and carry exactly, them around, yeah. take care of them. Well, that's not so bad, my friend. That's kind of a nice thing that you do for people and the way you think about life and people. So I think that's okay. But, yeah, you did throw me for a loop. I thought for sure you were going to be a Porsche. So <laughs> No, I know, but I, I, Porsche, I mean, just, yeah, everybody will probably think I'll say Porsche, but no, because I just, I, I carry a lot. Yeah. Give you an idea. I understand. Absolutely. So I, got, I got a beautiful wife. I got four kids. You wow, know, everybody, wow. Everybody depends on me. You do have a lot of people relying on you, so a lot of responsibility. Exactly. Well, Todd, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life car covers front end masks dash covers seat covers floor mats and much much more covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle covercraft is the right choice 
I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. And you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Todd, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yes, sir. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Know how to work on your car before you buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Great advice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Keep at it. Keep at it. Work hard. Hustle, hustle, right? Yeah, so keep at it. Yeah, Yeah, keep at it. And and, and keep at this. Don't jump to uh, projects to projects. Mm. Do what you know. Yeah, do what you know. That's another great quote. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Resource. Yeah, like a website or maybe it's a blog or maybe it's a... Uh, I'm not a... Unfortunately, I'm not a really tech-savvy blogger and web... Uh, I mean, a resource when it comes to Porsche parts, I, you know, I mean, probably, you know, Six Feet Online uh, or uh, our website. (laughs) Well, of course, your website. Absolutely. uh, The other one you mentioned is that Six Speed Online? Six Six Speed Online, yeah, which is a kind of a cool, uh, you know, Porsche enthusiast website, you know, blog. And, uh, I mean, there's, uh, again, I mean, uh, uh, talking Porsche parts, uh, knowledge. uh, We're trying to get our own, uh, basically, uh, blog going, but Mm -hmm. uh, tech support. Yeah. Uh, Again, you know, I'll tell you, listeners, if they have any questions, if they need any help, they can call me. I can walk them through it. You know, yeah. uh, but uh, feel free. My, I, I like to talk Porsche. <laughs> I think you do. How about a book? Is there one book in particular that you've enjoyed that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? Honestly, I'm not a really a book reader. I'm more into Excellence Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Porsche Excellence, I understand. Yeah. All right, we can put that up on the list. I'm a longtime subscriber of Excellence as yeah. well. So I, I, you know, that 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 thing used to be like my uh, when that thing came out every month, every couple of months. I feel like look at every classified ad, every uh, every vendor, everything out there is a great source. Yeah. source for me at time. Yeah, there's some great ones. Also, I assume you probably get your hands on Panorama. Yeah, yeah, awesome, great. Well, you can find all these links that Todd has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Todd Dackerman, and his last name is D-A-K-A-R-M-A-N. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. It'll be interesting to see how you answer this. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'll buy you whatever you'd like. What would that one vehicle be, and more importantly, why? Well, I already own one, so it's a 97 Turbo S. A 1997 Turbo S. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, what is it about the Turbo S that you like so much? Uh, 
Um, it's just a last air cooled 9.3 twin turbo. It's yeah. basically a replica of the 9.59, but at a different uh, decade. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What color is yours? Uh, silver. Silver. Okay, awesome. Great. Well, awesome cars. Yeah, the 9.93s, and you know, they certainly have gone through the roof in values in the last couple of years. They just keep climbing and climbing. Of course, you've got a very unique car, rare car. Not too many of those were made. So, uh, you're sitting on a nice little gem there. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Well, next time I get down to Sun Valley, I'm going to stop by and ask you for a ride. How's that? Definitely. Okay. That would be great. Awesome. Yeah, I love turbos. I've got an 87 of my own. Uh, I really enjoy, but the 993S, that's a whole different car, whole different level. So uh, I think I'm going to be behind you most of the time on the track. Perhaps. You never know. Huh? You never know. <laughs> Well, Todd, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey and telling us some more about your business. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your Turbo S? Uh, again, whatever you do in life, just keep at it. Just keep at it. And what's yeah. the best way for our listeners to learn more about your business? LADismantler.com or uh, 9pcar.com. All right, great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Todd shared with us today on his show notes page at carsyad.com. Just put Todd, T-O-D-D, in the search bar, and his show notes page will pop right up. Todd, thanks again for taking some time out of your busy day and for uh, telling me all about your business, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.